everyone, and welcome back to another episode of That Would Never Happen. Joining me today is the lovely Jess. Say hi, Jess. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How have you been doing recently? I know things have been kind of crazy. Yeah, um, I've been doing pretty well mm-hmm. trying to keep sane during these crazy times. I feel that. <laughs> have you been picking up any new hobbies, anything that you've been doing differently, I guess? Um, girl. <laughs> I wouldn't call them hobbies. I feel like I've been dabbling in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when everything started, I was like, I can't get my nails done. So I like picked up a gel like <gasps> kit yeah. um, or gel, gel nail kit. And I started doing that. I like started trying to bake. Um, I don't think I'm great at any of those, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel but it. It's, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. How's your family doing? Oh, they're all doing pretty well. Thank you for asking. How's yeah. yours? <laughs> Everyone's good. Thank thank goodness. Everything's stable. I feel like that's all I could really ask for right now. I was going to um, say that's all we could ask for. <laughs> honestly. And your sister's going to college, right? Oh, well, technically, yes. Right. She's going to online college for now <laughs> right. because um, Cal Poly can't, um, you know, they can't mm-hmm. start yet. So she'll be uh, virtual for the fall quarter. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But she's starting that that academic journey. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, happy for her. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay, so today we are going to be covering Crazy Rich Asians, released in 2018. Um, I watched this in the movie theater, but surprisingly, watching it again, I feel like I forgot a lot of the parts. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. I feel like... Not to say that like, it's not a memorable film, but I feel like there's so many characters that I forgot existed until I watched it again. Yeah. Have you seen I, it before? I, yeah, I had seen it before. Um, and then I watched it again with my little sister. And even just the first scene, I was like, that is not how I remember it at all. <laughs> that is not. That is, I, I was, and I, I was convinced. I told her, I was like, maybe I started watching it after you guys, because we watched at home not in the theater right. um, and I was like maybe I came in late and she's like no you were there with us so I yeah I, I think I had the same experience as you I I didn't remember a lot of things so it was actually nice um, to yeah. watch it again and be like oh yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what it's about refreshing for sure yeah I feel like when I watch something too many times while I still enjoy it I mean, there's no surprises anymore, right? So I'm just like, oh yeah, this part's about to happen. But I was like, oh, what's about to happen? <laughs> I'd already seen it, but whatever. That's just my bad memory. Um, <laughs> and um, did you uh, did you have any like prior knowledge of the actors or any of the, you know, like I know it's based off of a book. Did you read the book? I didn't read the book. I didn't read the book either. <laughs> I feel like I'm so bad at that. I, I always, I'm like, I'm going to read it before I watch it. And mm-hmm. I, I never really do. <laughs> so I didn't read the book and I actually didn't have too much knowledge about, um, the actors before I do mm-hmm. know, is it Henry Golding? Is yes. That, mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that he, it was like his first movie. I think that's all I knew. And I was like, oh, he's so dreamy. Um, <laughs> great great <Yes>. first movie. <laughs> that's so crazy. I wrote that down too, because I was like, I mean, I've heard about people having like an amazing film debut and like their first movies, like, you know, Oscar nominated. I like, don't get me wrong. I think that's amazing. But I do believe in like right place, right time kind of situations with that, because I read that 
he didn't even audition for the part. Like they had auditioned like hundreds and hundreds of guys. And I believe it was like the, the accountant on set, like some random staff member that was like, Hey, I know this one guy who does like travel shows. I think he'd be good. Like, can you imagine just getting called up being like, Hey, do you want to be in a movie? Like I wish (laughs) (laughs) I did see that. I'm not going to lie. I watched the movie, um, online and there was like (laughs) there was like fun facts or like trivia facts and that's and that's where that's where I saw that and I was like what he didn't even want it and then I saw that um I think the the director kind of um with through a mutual friend contacted him via Facebook to ask him to be in it um so someone fact checked me but I'm pretty sure that that's what I saw and I was like wow definitely uh right place right time honestly literally slid into the dms and was like what's up up?" (laughs) that's amazing um I also I mean this is interesting to me also that you know this was a big stride in you know diversifying film in general, especially romantic comedies, because we know you know, it's usually like a white dominated genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I did a little reading on it and I think it's interesting that, I mean, maybe to us in like the Hollywood bubble of films are like, wow, this is amazing and like a big step, which it is. But I also read that like actual real life Singaporeans were very critical of the movie and were like, well, you know, yes, this is great, but there's still a lack of diversity, which I think is like, I don't know. Cause yes, for example, like telenovelas, like you're like, oh yeah, it's like Latinx people. That's amazing. But you know, it's also like a lot of like light skinned people and you're like, okay, I, yes, that's amazing. But also come on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's a really good example. Cause I, you know, that was the reason when you asked me like, oh, what movies, you know, mm-hmm. um, are you thinking of? I, um, when I, I thought about Crazy Rich Asians. I thought about that, like the, the diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't, I, that's just kind of what we always heard when the movie came out, how diverse it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really look into it and still, until I started prepping um, to record with you. And I, I did see that. And so I think that's an amazing example. Like, you know, from my knowledge um, and like, like how I grew up in novelas and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. Seeing, like, you know, it is, I guess, diverse, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, there's a lot of like white Latinos mm-hmm. or white, you know, in Mexican novelas, it's a lot of white Mexicans and mm-hmm. the people who are usually, um, you know, like middle class or lower class end up being like darker skin. Yeah. Um, and so I think I reading, reading about um, the Singaporeans and the, is that how you say it? I, I believe so. If not, <laughs> somebody you, check us. Called? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the people from Singapore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, when I was reading that, I think it was, you know, they, they commented uh, or they, that was their critique that mm-hmm. they kind of like you in the movie erased or like kind of didn't represent well, um, a whole portion, you know, um, of people from Singapore. So, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting to learn as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's all I wrote down for like my initial thoughts. Any other initial thoughts, Jess? I think I'm ready to go, girl. Okay, let's go into our plot analysis dive. I wrote a lot of things. I'm probably not going to touch upon everything because I wrote too much, if I'm being completely honest. But I always do. So I I just like to be prepared. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we start off this film in London, 1995. And 
uh, we start the story off with some blatant racism, which I was like, okay, <laughs> this is how we're starting this movie. I see. So it's basically Eleanor Young and she's walking into this hotel and she has her, her sister and she has her kid. So it's two, two women and two children. And they go up to the front desk and they're immediately met with some like, I don't know, bad energy by these other like people. Uh, I don't know, I guess suggesting that they don't belong there for some reason, even though that made no sense to me because they're clearly in like fancy coats and like Louis Vuitton luggage. So I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, this is, this is kind of when I said, like, I didn't remember this scene happening. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember. It was really interesting actually after watching the movie, you know, and, um, but like at the beginning scene, Eleanor treated this way. And I, I, I think um, this scene really shows kind of her character and like what, she, what actions she takes after she's treated so poorly. And yeah, like you said, like blatantly racist and um, just, I just wrote like rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like they didn't even try to hide the fact that that's, um, you know, their feelings, like their prejudice. They didn't try to hide any of that. Uh-huh. Um, and I say they, because uh, right away, like after, you know, after he's like, oh, you know, we must be mistaken. The like manager comes out and like, mm-hmm. I'm like, where did he come from? How did he come <laughs> out so quickly? Um, yeah. um, so yeah, it was, and then he suggests I'm going to Chinatown. And I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you, you can check out Chinatown. I was like, oh my God, I could feel my blood boiling just by him saying that. I was like, I got so angry. Um, but yeah, so they're, you know, not kind to them, very rude, the worst hospitality ever. (laughs) And, you know, she's like, no, like I have a reservation. And she's like, at this point, she's completely like being kind and like, as I don't know, trying to deescalate the situation as possible. And she asks to use the phone and they make (laughs) her use the phone outside and it's pouring rain. It is like... It's raining super hard. For a second, I thought they were actually going to let her use it. Like, Me too. <laughs> that pause. And then I, like, they, they pan to the outside. And I'm like, oh, poor thing. And like a little telephone booth. <laughs> yes, and they're all squished in there. These four people are squished into the telephone booth. And she like walks back in with all her luggage and is just like so pissed off. And this is when this like fancy Lord guy comes down the stairs and he greets Eleanor with like open arms and is like, oh my God, darling, like, how are you? <laughs> kind of moment. <laughs> and this is when like the hotel staff realize that she is the new owner of the hotel. Like the place they are in, she owns that shit. Like I, it was so cathartic to see her be like, and what? Like, what mm. are you going to do about it? <laughs> I, I love of her. And I don't know if you noticed, um, the kids too, like little Nick and little um it was Astrid, um, yes. you know, they're like looking like, you know, like kind of like nudging each other and like, what is going to happen? And I feel like that's me as a child, like, ooh, <laughs> you just, like you, you did not just mess with my mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so good. Yeah. As Eleanor is like pulling a little Nick away, he like looks back at the, the guy <laughs> as he's like starting to mop the dirty floor, like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then after this little scene, we cut to uh, the introduction of the character of Rachel, Rachel Chu. And she is an economics professor at NYU. She and Nick are dating and 
I feel like their relationship is established at this point. It doesn't seem like they're, you know, new as boyfriend and girlfriend or like having any issues. Like they're stable, established. And he brings up this idea that he wants her to go to Singapore with him for spring break because his friend Colin is getting married. As soon as, you know, they're like talking about this, getting really close, there's some like chismosas in the corner who like come (laughs) over and like start taking pictures. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, uh, like pretending to take a selfie, but you're actually taking a picture of the person behind you. Honestly, I feel like (laughs) you want to judge them for doing that. Like, oh my gosh, you're so, you're being so chismosas. But like you think about it and I'm like, like, sometimes I just want to take a picture of something. So I pretend I'm taking a picture of something else. (laughs) You you know, we, um, (laughs) I feel like a lot, I'm not going to say you, you know, I'm not going to put actions (laughs) um, on you, but (laughs) I know for a fact, for for a fact, sometimes I do. So I'm like, you know, I, no, I feel they, that I love that they do that. And, um, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like that selfie, um, like people taking selfies comes up a, a couple of scenes in the movies, um, mm-hmm. or in the movie. Um, and I just think it's funny how that's something that they use. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I think again, since we're in this like new age of like technology being everywhere, it, it just makes sense that it's making its way into film and being utilized as like a plot device yeah. to like get the story going. Because, yeah, as soon as these girls, whoever they are, I don't know, they look fancy. (laughs) And they, like, take this picture. And this picture is just, like, spread around the world in seconds. Which, I mean, is really the truth of social media and texting. Like, that can happen. So it makes complete sense that this picture eventually makes it to uh, Eleanor's house in Singapore. Her huge estate. What did they call it? They called it Radio One. Asia. I don't know exactly what that means, but I when I, it, like it to me, it just sounded like they're used to that happening. Like once someone sees something, every everyone else knows. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but that's what Nick called it after Eleanor called him. But yeah, like I was like, so she's funny. like you know, Bible study or something, <laughs> and then she, you know, all the theas hear that Nick has a girlfriend. Yeah, which is so ironic to me that they're in Bible study, but they're like, you know, plotting and being kind of vicious, even though they like don't even know Rachel yet. But they're already like, let's, you know, call a private investigator. Let's do all this like shady shit. Um, But yeah, so she, she finds out that Nick is thinking about bringing Rachel to Singapore and I mean, it's very obvious that even though Eleanor doesn't really know anything about Rachel, she's not about her. Like she, mm-hmm. she's already, she's prepared to not like her, even yeah. though she hasn't met her yet. Um, which I think is unfortunate. <laughs> oh, yeah. In my, that shrug that you did, I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought too. And in my notes, I put just like, doesn't even try to hide her emotions. No. Um, because she, yeah, she doesn't even know her. And she's like... Oh, she she might feel more comfortable staying somewhere else. <laughs> oh <laughs> she's yeah, like, <laughs> she's like she's like oh Nick, your room like you can come stay in your room, but Rachel can stay in a hotel. I'm like, girl, that makes no sense. Why would he even like I don't know uh, humor you in that idea? Like yeah, I'm gonna yeah. stay at my house. We'll get you a hotel. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like also that's so typical moms. Sometimes, you know, when they're overprotective, that's kind of like, oh, you can do this and that other person can do that. And you're like, mom, that's not how it, that's <laughs> how it works. 
<laughs> no, not at all. Um, and I think it's interesting. The scene right after this is Rachel and her mom, you know, getting her address to meet Nick's family. And at this point, it's very clear that Rachel doesn't really know much about Nick's family. I mean, the mom is like, well, maybe he hasn't told you about them because they're like dirt poor and he's embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, And then we also get introduced to the idea that, you know, even if you are whatever background, like uh, Rachel's Chinese, but her mom explains that even though she is Chinese, because she was raised in America, she's already different, like inherently different from the families in in China and Singapore, which is, I think, just in culture, very prevalent, you know, that if you grow up in the States, people try to like, I don't know, I guess, separate you from your culture in a way of saying yeah. like, oh, well, you were raised here. So you're not really whatever background you are right yeah I I love this scene um first of all I love Rachel's mom I think she's so sweet and um, she's so honest you know she doesn't try to sugarcoat things for Rachel I think that's why Rachel is so strong um you know and we'll see that throughout the movie um but yeah I I, that idea you know one of my favorite scenes and this is about another movie have you ever watched a Selena movie oh yes I love that movie yeah like one of my favorite scenes it's when they're in the car with her dad with Selena's dad and he's telling them like you know we're never Mexican enough for the Mexican and American enough for the Americans uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of um, in this scene what um, Rachel's mom Carrie was kind of trying to portray to her like you know like um, just that idea that yes you are because she's like I speak Chinese I'm so Chinese Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm so Chinese that I am an economics professor and she's like, yeah, but in your head and in your heart, you're different because yeah. you were raised here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that that scene kind of set up what was to come totally <laughs> for Rachel. Yeah. And I think it's important that she had that moment with her mother and it wasn't immediately like an outside power or an outside antagonist being like you're different blah Mm -hmm. it's like it comes from someone she trusts so in a way she kind of has some sort of idea of what she's getting into not fully because she doesn't know like the family (laughs) but I feel like culture wise she like kind of knows that she's gonna be getting into some some when she gets over there um but yeah so after this scene it cuts to Nick and Rachel at the airport and it, I love this scene because I don't know, I've grown to like to travel. I mean, not right now because of, you know, what's going on, but you know, in general, I started to like flying. I was like, yes, this is exciting. I'm going somewhere when it was just like back to Berkeley, but anyway, (laughs) it's still exciting. And you know, they get there with all their bags and Rachel is like ready to fly coach. She has like a big ass bag of Ziplocked food that her mom made for her. She's like ready to wait and like, you know, the struggle of traveling coach. It's like not fun usually. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, this very elegant, beautiful, what would you call them? The people in the planes. Stortist? Yes. <laughs> yes. She comes and she's like, oh, we'll take your bags and we'll check you into first class. And Rachel is like, what are you talking about? First class? Yeah. Like, I don't... 
And <laughs> I love that Nick is just like, oh, just go with it, girl. Like, let's, let's, let's go. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, Nick, you need to be a little more open, um, sir. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like this, I feel like this is um, this was his way of easing her into it because at this point he's not really trying, you know. Like he's like, just go with it, like luxury, like don't worry about it, yeah. um, you know. And we'll see later how luxurious it actually is because the girl that it, you know, we walk by first class when you get on the <laughs> plane. We don't sit there; we walk by, there. right, right, <laughs> and right. It, does, it does not look like uh, how it does um, when they get on the plane, mm-hmm. um, you know, and when they get to their like cube I don't know what they call it but or I don't know or a freaking <laughs> like yeah it's literally so big like you could lay down like five people in that space <laughs> yeah and so I think um in my notes I had to put something like Nick needs to be more honest now <laughs> <laughs> for real she is overwhelmed clearly I mean not too overwhelmed that she's not enjoying it because she has her like champagne and she's like <laughs> looking at all the amenities around her she loves the pajamas. <laughs> yes, the, pajama, the silk pajamas that are apparently fancier than any of her real clothes. Um, yeah, but I feel like this is the moment where she's like, okay, spill. Like, what is happening? And, you know, Nick starts explaining that, you know, his family is wealthy. Um, what, he says that they're comfortable. Comfortable. <laughs> And Rachel's reaction to that is like exactly what we all think. Like, you rich, rich. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, okay. Like a real rich person tries to play down how much money they have. So clearly you're super rich. Um, Yeah. And so after this, we get a quick little montage of the breakdown of like the main cousins that Nick has. And the first one is Alistair. He's the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, a douchebag, <laughs> just like not a good guy from from the get go. You know yeah. that we don't like this person. Um, and he's dating some like random actress. Her is name is I think her name is Kitty. Oh, her name's Kitty. I remember that because I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like see, the way that I she like, looks fits her. <laughs> yeah, her like huge ponytail. Yeah, it's everything. Um, but the thing is, I liked her. I did not like him. So I was like, yeah. okay. And then the next cousin is Eddie, and he's in finance. I, I never dislike know him what more. people mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just as you're getting into it, like, let me just point out that I dislike him more than Alistair. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just from the get go annoying and just very. I don't know how you would describe him. Um, like fake. I guess. Yeah. And I don't know. What you were going to say, like, what does that even mean? You know, I think you were going to say, like, <laughs> what does that mean when someone's in finance? Like, <laughs> you're right. I don't know. Like, you know, but he just, I don't know. Ugh. Like, just like the way that he is and um, throughout the movie, like how he expresses himself towards like Rachel and like, mm-hmm. you know, um, other characters. I'm just like, ew. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not nice. And he's, so we open Eddie's scene is that he's getting photographed with his family for the cover of Vogue and everyone's very static. They're not moving because apparently it's their like best angles or whatever. (laughs) And um, yeah, he, he realizes that they're going to be on the cover of like China Vogue. I think 
maybe yeah or maybe I don't remember Hong Kong maybe China I don't remember I don't, but yeah but, but it's, it's just, not American yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like the main cover of Vogue so he's just yeah. like annoyed and tells his wife that she's a disaster and like all these horrible things and they clearly don't like each other they're married they have children but they're like not about each other. I love her because I think her, her name is Fiona. I love that she just doesn't care. She's like, <laughs> whatever, you wear the dress or something like that. Yes. Like she, I, I don't, I, poor thing. I don't know why she's in that marriage, but um, she just obviously pays him no attention, mm-hmm. which I feel like anyone that's around him um, should do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, ignore him because he's annoying. Um, and then the final cousin that's introduced is Nick's favorite cousin, his cousin Astrid. And, you know, she's top of her class at Oxford. She's charitable. She's um, a so-called fashion icon, as Nick calls her. And he also says that she has the biggest heart, which oh. is very clear from she has this little interaction with a little girl. And, you know, I mean, it's not important what they talked about, but she like gets down to the little girl's level and like talks to her directly because her like parents are ignoring her for for whatever reason, um, and yeah, I I love that they put that little moment in there because you could just see that she's a sweetheart from this yeah. little dialogue. And I love that they put put that moment in as she's like, like because she you know she, when he's introducing her, she walks in like so elegantly into this like jewelry store, I think, and she you know she walks in with like um, kind of like that aura that it's like I'm just she's just better not that she feels that way but that's just how she like walks in she's just beautiful um so you know like you don't I when I first watched the movie the second time around because I didn't Mm -hmm. remember a lot of it um um, I didn't expect I I didn't know that I didn't remember that that was going to happen and like then when she brings her down I was like oh my gosh she is an icon she (laughs) is charitable and she is super sweet (laughs) yeah just in that one scene so perfect. And she, again, yeah, like what you were saying, she walks in to buy some jewelry, apparently. And um, I couldn't compute in my mind how much money she must have in, in general, because she bought, I, just the, the sales guy is hilarious to me because he presents her these beautiful earrings and she's like, how much? And he's like, oh, well, you wearing them, like, that's the best publicity I could get. So, I'll sell it to you for like regular price. And, he, <laughs> and I'm like, what a deal. Wow. <laughs> exactly. The deal is like $1.2 million. I was like, <laughs> what? You're wearing that on your face? Just millions of dollars? I know, girl. I, I saw that too. And <laughs> I, you know, like I just think about that. And obviously this is a movie, but then you think about like the people that actually spend that type of money and you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, like what if you lose it? You know, that looks like a heavy earring. (laughs) Like what if it falls off of your ear? (laughs) Yeah, totally. What if someone tries to rip it out of your ear? Like I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Like anyway, uh, enough about the expensive (laughs) earrings. Um, I was just shook you guys. Okay. So after this, we have Nick and Rachel arriving in Singapore at the airport and they're picked up by the um, engaged couple, I believe. So it's Colin and then his fiance, her name is Araminta. I don't yeah. know if I said that Araminta, yeah. Araminta. Um, so yes, they are the engaged couple and uh, they are like so gleeful and welcoming uh, I really like them off the bat. They they seemed very genuinely kind. Um, I don't know why, but my brain was like, okay, 
these two seem too nice. They're going to be the villains. Like, I don't know why. Something in my gut was like, hmm, everyone can't be this nice. Somebody's going to be the secret villain. But no, that, that didn't happen here. I feel like everyone, <laughs> everyone is presented how they are, which I appreciated. Yeah, that's, that's, I, you're right. Because, you know, um, Colin comes, you know, he's very chill. Mm-hmm. And Armenta comes like super like hyped up and like excited. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think it's like, that's a lot for someone to be that way naturally, you know, like uh, not naturally, but genuinely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, she's like that all the time. She is really like that. Yeah. So it was, that was nice to see that. It was a good start to the trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they get um, taken to a part of Singapore where it's like all the street food. And I think it was really cool that they put this in because it's like just a love letter to the cuisine, you know, Mm -hmm. and how important it is to the culture. Uh, So I really liked that they put that in. Um, And I'm pretty sure the only like important plot that happens here is that Araminta invites Rachel to her bachelorette party. So we know that she's like in with the, with the group at this point. Yeah. Um, I think to add one more thing, just because I, I, yeah, it was that, you know, it was that idea, like, like come with us, you know, join us. And, you know, a lot of things happen because of that invitation. Mm -hmm. But I also wrote on there that that was like the first time that's, you know, that someone pointed out to um, Rachel how happy Nick was. Like, yeah, you know, like to Rachel, it was just like this, like normal, like, you know, they're in a relationship, they love each other, um, not really thinking about others, other people's like perception of how mm-hmm. Nick is with her. Yeah. And like, so I, I just, I, when she's like, you know, I've never seen him like this and she's like, oh, he's just happy to be home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, no, with you. And that kind of just like preface, prefaces that, like that idea of like, um, you know, like, people aren't used to seeing Nick like that. And so coming from someone that's so close to him, I thought that was, I thought that was sweet. (laughs) No, I'm glad you brought that up. That's so true because like what we've like talked about before, they're an established couple in New York, but Mm -hmm. she's never, you know, been, been a couple with Nick outside of that, you know, environment. So I think it's important that people are like, no girl, this is, this is real, real. Um, Yes. And so after this, we get a scene with Astrid at her like fancy condo apartment, wherever the heck she lives. And she, she walks in and there's like, girl, there's like 10 housekeepers in there. Like, I don't even know. I was like, is this space even big enough to require all these people? But um, yeah, she walks in with all her like luxury shopping items and she tells them to hide all the stuff. And I was like, confused about that but I mean eventually you find out why they're hiding things um because she's married to did you write down this character's name I didn't write down his name Michael Michael yes yeah Astrid's married to Michael and from we find out from his background that he was like in the army and that now he's like trying to do like a tech startup thing Mm -hmm. yeah in our world I feel like that's like wow that's so impressive yeah in their world that's like ugh, yeah (laughs) commoner (laughs) peasant (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I feel like we we find out this sentiment because he just seems very insecure with himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, kind of embarrassed about his tech startup. And, you know, Astrid mentions that, you know, he, he has to stop taking on so many meetings and stuff because the wedding stuff is about to start. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, um, Nick's bringing his girlfriend, Rachel. You'll like her. 
Mm-hmm. And he comes over here sideways being like, oh, because she's a commoner like me. Like, I couldn't. I was done yeah. with him. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, uh, yeah, his character was a little, eh. I, I love Astrid. I think like throughout the whole movie, she's, um, I, I love her. I think she's so strong. And, um, you know, aside from everything on the outside, like just her personality and how she treats people. Uh, I just love her. But he is just like a um, Debbie Downer like pity party. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, I think uh, they do a really good job in the movie, like trying to like, um, not excusing him, but like showing the reasons why he is the way she is. Um, and, but at the, at the same time, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we can all relate to feeling mm-hmm. like, Oh, I feel lesser than because this person has like all these things. But I, the thing that was, that bothered me is like, he's in a marriage at this point. It's not like they're dating and he has to like, I don't know, um, prove something at this point. Right. Like clearly Astrid married him. She loves him. So I feel like that's why I was so like, ah, I wish he would just like step up emotionally. Cause like yeah. what's happening here. <laughs> and she's trying so hard. I feel like she tries. It's not like she puts him down. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get another scene with Rachel and Nick afterwards. I think to, what's the fancy word to like juxtapose is that the right word I don't know to compare and contrast (laughs) Astrid Astrid's relationship and Rachel and Nick's relationship because I mean it's just them waking up in the hotel that they stayed at because Nick stood his ground and was like nah if Rachel can't stay at the house I won't stay at the house (laughs) um and yeah it's just this little scene to show how like amazing their chemistry is like they're just cute together you know yeah my little I was watching it with my I think I said that earlier with my little sister and she was like oh my god they're so cute Mm -hmm. Uh, and you look at how their interactions and they are really cute (laughs) yeah um yeah and Rachel mentions that she's gonna go visit her roommate Paiklin oh I love her Aquafina right yes yes uh, the, the actress goes by I just the whole movie. Like, I think I wrote the most notes about her, even though she's like, you know, her scenes aren't that long. Um, but I just love her. <laughs> yeah. Whoever decided to cast Aquafina is a genius. Like, uh, she just fits this role so well because, you know, she is known for like being quirky and funny and like over the top. So she just like fit this character perfectly. I- I- I'm wondering how to describe her. So it's basically Aquafina in like... <laughs> I feel like she looks like a K-pop member. Like she, you know what I mean? Like she has this like fantastic wardrobe and like blonde, blonde hair. Yeah, her, um, dad, her dad called her, uh, what is it? The Asian Ellen? Is that what yeah. he said? Yeah, the Asian Ellen. I have a fun fact about that. I don't know if you saw that. Go um, ahead. That she was like throughout the movie, Aquafina was meant to, or Paiklin was mm-hmm. meant to like wear different wigs. Oh, um, really? Throughout the whole movie. But when she put on this blonde wig, she just like kind of morphed into the character. Um, <laughs> and so they decided that she wasn't going to, you know, like change wigs anymore. And then I I saw that they were commenting on how like that joke, like the Asian Ellen came to be like that. Um, like, you know, I don't know if Ellen, you know, would find this uh, uh, like, you know, I don't know if she would be offended. But <laughs> I think she <laughs> <is>. <laughs> Like, you know. 
because because uh, the character is just so quirky mm-hmm. um but they said like like throughout the movie she was just like the asian ellen <laughs> so that's why they like like you know threw out all the other wigs and just stuck to this one i I'm love glad. that you mentioned that because i loved it too <laughs> i'm glad they stuck with that blonde way it also makes me wonder if this is how international students live like actually like i'm sure this is like an exaggerated version of like wealth obviously but i always would think that because i'd be like hmm how much money you got? Like, I know that's so bad, but I would look at the international students and I'd be like, hmm, I wonder if this is, this is how you live. I don't know why. I know that's like totally, um, what's it called? Like assuming things, but I was just like, I really do wonder. You know, I work at a college and I work with a lot of international students. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes they are, Okay. (laughs) you know, I don't know if it's like young, family level but um they are you know a lot of them who come abroad not all of them obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are really wealthy and I'm like wow <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's so cool um yeah so Ken Jiang I believe that's how you pronounce his last name and if it's not feel free to check me y'all um yeah he's like the 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 dad figure in this family to Pake Lin. And he has so many one-liners. And we mentioned the Asian Ellen joke already, but he also says something along the lines of like, (laughs) uh, to his little like two twins, he's like, you guys, you got to finish your food because there's so many children starving in America. I I, like wanted to cry, but also laugh at the same time. I was like, (laughs) you're very right, sir. There are, and it's crazy. I love how they, um, how he's like talking, like, you know, like, look at Rachel, she's, you know, she like, you know, you don't want to be as skinny as her. She's so skinny, but you know, and so they're like in Singapore, but they're eating nuggets. <laughs> like, yeah. just like, they look like the McDonald's chicken nuggets that they're eating. So it's just funny that, you know, like what he's saying about like, you know, like kids starving in America, which you're right is so true. And um, it's true. And we don't want to laugh, but it's also funny. And then he's like, but eat your nuggets. Like, yeah. I don't- <laughs> Yep. Yep. I think that writing was clever and they knew exactly what they were doing by making them eat that. Um, yeah. And so throughout this dinner scene, well, no, it's not dinner. It's like lunch or something. Um, so yeah, they're, they're sitting in Pake Lin's extravagant home with her whole family. And, you know, she mentions that she's going to go meet her boyfriend's grandmother and family. And they're like, oh, well, what's his name? This is a small island. Like, maybe we know we know the family. And she mentions Nick Young's name. And it's like everything stops. Everyone <laughs> stops eating. And they all look at her like, girl, like, that's who you're with, Nick Young. Yeah. So, I, love- I mean, we clearly don't know exactly what that means yet. But we know it's like, this is a big deal. Yeah, I love Aquafina in that scene because she's like, you don't know? She doesn't know? Like, she's like asking, like, like obviously she doesn't know, but <laughs> just like her reaction towards like, dude, like that's like, you know, it it, um, it seems like uh, Paiklin already knew mm-hmm. that um, that Rachel was dating a Nick. Right, right. <laughs> so it's so funny that no one ever knew that that's who it was. Like, right. To just like tell her like, hey. Like, you know, this is what you're getting into. Yeah. But I appreciate that because they don't let her walk in blind. You know, they're yes. like, we got to school you quickly, girl, because <laughs> this is a big deal. Um, and they even make fun of her uh, dress that she's wearing. She's wearing this like red dress that uh, Rachel's mom helped her pick pick out at the beginning. Yeah. It symbolized what? Like fertility and good luck. Yeah. Good luck and fertility. <laughs> and I love how... Um, 
uh, what was, uh, Ken Young, um, he's, she's like, wait, isn't this like good luck and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, if you're an envelope. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Cause you know, like when it's like uh Chinese new year, they give you like that little red envelope. And I just yep. thought that was so funny. And then he like compliments himself on his joke. And I right. Just, right. Just, just amazing. I feel honestly, I feel like this guy didn't even come here playing a character. They were just like, he's funny. Let's just put him in here and see yeah, what happens. Just do you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So Picklin is like, girl, you cannot wear that to this party. Like people are going to be wearing like designer, everything. Like we got to get you into something else. And so they, she gives her like this jumpsuit. It's a jumpsuit or a dress? I think it's a dress. Okay. It, it, can I just say, I, sorry, I, I, just, this, I just think this scene is so funny. Like she calls her Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yes, she does. And I just like, uh, and for everyone listening, like it's hilarious. You guys need to watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Yes. You, all these jokes, they just land really well. So you, yeah. you got to see it to understand how funny <laughs> they land. Um, yeah. And so after Picklin lets her, you know, change into this new outfit, she, she so gracefully volunteers to take her there. (laughs) Girl, I mean, I've done this too. When I just like want to see what's up, I'm like, oh girl, I'll take you. She just wants to see the house, which like is so understandable to be like, this is my only chance. Like I'm, I'm carrying precious cargo here. Um, (laughs) and I love how she like, like she doesn't even try to hide. She's just so honest. And so that, I think that makes it even uh, more funny because, uh, you know, Rachel says, thank you. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, they take, uh, you know, the GPS uh, directions and it takes them into like the literal jungle. It looks like they're in the middle of nowhere for a second. And um, we get another amazing scene with Aquafina. She's like, in the car, kind of scared. They don't know where they're going. And all of a sudden, these, like, armed guards come out of nowhere. And um, Peglin is, like, <laughs> she's, like, freaking out. But she's also trying to be, you know, as calm as possible. You can tell she's freaking <laughs> out. She's, like, did, oh, my God. Did, did you see, because this is, uh, my sister and I were cracking up, how she um, – put down the window like she, she like starts pressing the button like very softly like I, I feel like that's so relatable where you're just like let me like as little as possible just yeah. so they can hear what I'm saying yeah it opens like a crack <laughs> just enough to like you know be able to say that she has Rachel Chu in the car with her um but yeah they, they do a little quick um call to somewhere and they get, you know, entrance to the estate. And, you know, this is the part where, like, the music starts to swell. And you can see the house, like, over the hedges a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you just see the, like, giant estate. It's this, like, air, what's it called? Like, a bird eyes, bird eye view? Whatever. Yeah. Of this giant estate. And it's, like, it's so exaggerated. But it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, and I think I was... Now that I think I was also reading um, that like in Singapore, because I didn't know anything, honestly, mm-hmm. about Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to be honest, I, I don't think I even knew it was an island. I, uh, I didn't know either. I'm going to be completely honest <laughs> with like, you. I'm ashamed to say that. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> but I didn't know it was an island. So I was reading that like, it, like, you know, showing how much land they had was also purposeful because in Singapore, there's not that much land. 
So to be able to have so much privacy is just like another, you know, um, like show of wealth that this family has because it's like so much land around them. Like you really can't get in if you aren't allowed in. Right, right. I mean, those guards, I wouldn't even (laughs) attempt it at that point. Um, So yeah, uh, Nick comes out to greet Rachel and, you know, they're cute. They greet each other and he's just like, amazed at how beautiful she looks um but Pecolin is in the car being like <clears throat> like girl uh <clears throat> you know trying to get Rachel's attention and she does the thing I mean I don't know if, if this is like a a mannerism thing but like she does the thing where like if you're asked like do you want to stay for dinner? She refuses like three times. And on the last one, she's like, yes, I can, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll stay for dinner. Um, I, okay. I hate the shoes they put her in because as soon as she walks out of the car, you could just hear the clonk, 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 clonk over heels. I love, I love that. That's the walk that she does because I feel like, cause yeah, it's like, why do you give her, I mean, I guess in the movie she put him on herself, but it's like, what are these huge shoes and how do you drive this tiny car with those shoes? <laughs> She's honestly, she could just stick her hand down there to, to hit the gas. Um, but yeah, and she, she, she ends up staying for dinner and she opens the trunk and she has all her <laughs> You you explain this. I can't even. Yeah. So <laughs> I just think it's so funny because, so yeah, she has all of these like changes of clothes and they're labeled like, you know, cocktail party, uh, lunch, or I don't know what the labels are, but she's going through all of them to see what she can wear. Mm-hmm. And so she picks out, you know, the, I think it's a cocktail like um, hanger, like hanger with a change of clothes. And it's so funny because Rachel's like, you have a cocktail um, dress in your trunk and she's like I'm not an animal Rachel <laughs> <laughs> yes and this then, is casual <laughs> yeah and then I thought to myself oh my gosh I'm an animal like <laughs> I, don't I, don't, have a <laughs> I don't carry changes of clothes <laughs> it's like life lessons from Pink Lynn <laughs> honestly um okay and so after this we you know Rachel is in the party clearly she's like not very comfortable she tries to like drink the dirty like hand water <laughs> that people are passing around on tray so you can I don't know refresh your hands or whatever (laughs) um it reminds me actually have you seen (laughs) this is stupid have you seen Shrek 2 yeah oh with the donkey yeah well do you there's a scene where (laughs) Shrek is like meeting her parents meeting Fiona's parents and they pass him like a lemon water thing for his hands and he like drinks it and he's like wow this soup is so good (laughs) yeah and I I think about the I think about, I say the donkey, but it's just donkey. Um, uh-huh. It is just donkey, right? Yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. wait, it's been yeah, so I long. I think of him because he, he's the one that's putting his like hooves in the water, like staring at Shrek, like, dang, you. You're, <laughs> you're uncultured. Yeah, you're not fancy at all. That's why when <laughs> you said that, that was my first instinct because I remember that scene. He's like the Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just does not fit in here. Um, yeah, and so this, you know, party moment leads for Rachel to meet Nick's mother. And I felt tension. <laughs> like, because, you know, Eleanor's in the kitchen telling, like, the staff what to do. And she's, you know, clearly the head of the household. Well, not clearly. I feel like she she feels like she has to act like the head of the household. Because technically, Amma is the head of the household. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, so Rachel, you know, goes up to her, introduces herself and Eleanor's not very enthusiastic about it. She, she's, she's, um, you know, civil, she's well-mannered, treats her with courtesy, I guess. But once Rachel starts to talk about her job and her passion for, you know, econ, Eleanor is like, oh, you know, pursuing your passion. That's so American. <laughs> yeah. And then when she's telling, um, when Rachel is telling her about how her mom is self-made, Eleanor mm-hmm. makes it seem like being self-made is like, like, she says like, oh, self-made, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, she makes everything sound like it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> And on purpose. Yeah, she, yeah. And I mean, I think it does tie back to like traditions and like, Mm -hmm. you know, having a certain family or whatever to seem like you, I don't know, have your life together for whatever reason. But it's the whole idea that, you know, she's not, she doesn't have a husband and she only has her one daughter instead of like, I don't know, having a son that could pass on the name or something like that, right? So I feel like it's the whole like, you're not doing it right, girl. Um, yeah. And so after this scene, Rachel starts meeting the rest of the family, you know, she meets Astrid, their, you know, meeting is very relaxed, which was expected because, you know, Astrid's the nice, the nicest one. Um, but yeah, uh, fuck, I forgot who the finance guy's name is. Eddie. Eddie. He starts asking Rachel which Chu family she's from, <laughs> like the, like all the Chu families that have lots and lots of money. Oh, yeah. poor Rachel. But I love that she plays into it. She's just like, no, no, not that one either. No, no. <laughs> but she doesn't stop him. She just lets yeah. him keep going. Uh, yeah, I love that. And, um, you know, in, in that same scene, while she's like talking to Eddie, um, Astrid is talking to Nick and she's like, have you prepared her for like the wolves? And I love that he brings up that she's a New Yorker because I feel like, you know, that's, I mean, for me, that's like my, everyone, like when I hear people talk about New York, it's like, they're tough, you know, like they don't mess around. And so he's like, she's a New Yorker and she teaches millennials (laughs) for a living. (laughs) Um, So I think she has it handled, um, Mm -hmm. which I thought, I don't know. I just thought that was funny that he pointed that out. Like, and I also felt like, Nick I was like side-eyeing him a little bit like I feel like you're not telling her or you haven't prepared her for a lot of this and like you thinking that you know she can handle it is your excuse for not like (laughs) preparing everything totally yeah I I don't know maybe well I'm not sure up to this point but maybe it was just some denial in him that he like is trying to just be like, oh, I'm only here for the wedding. I don't want to stay here. So I don't really have to prepare her if we're not going to be here. But I agree with you. I was like, (laughs) Nick, I would be so mad at him if I were Rachel. I would be like, you should have told me. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, after this, it's like dinner time. And Rachel goes off to, I believe, meet Ama or something. Um, but this is a scene where Astrid goes to talk to her husband because he goes into like a corner all by himself. And, you know, she's talking about how she wants to help him out at the office and like, you know, be a support for him considering he's like starting this new company and everything. But he's like, ah, he says something along the lines of like, how is that going to make me look if I have you like this socialite working as my assistant? Like, that's just going to look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he like leaves to do whatever the heck and his phone starts to ring. Oh. 
Uh, Heartbreak. <laughs> oh my God. And Astrid, the thing I appreciated is that they didn't make Astrid to be out, to be this like, oh, I'm snooping kind of moment. Like mm-hmm. the phone rings and she's like, oh, I think it's the office or something. And she like looks down and it's a text that's just blatantly like he's having an affair. He's yeah. sleeping with somebody else. Uh, I know. I I hate him. Same. <laughs> I'm like, you, you do not deserve her. I, um, yeah. And yeah, she wasn't snooping. She was just like trying to be helpful. And I think that's like what's hardest for me is that she's constantly trying. You know, she, I think um, we see that she does care what people think, but at the same time, she doesn't. Like she already married you. You know, she wants to support you. Um, yeah, I, I don't like him. <laughs> nope. Trash. I, yeah, I don't like him either. Just bad. Um, yeah. And so we get this other scene right after with Rachel Paikling and we meet another cousin of Nick's. His name's Oliver mm-hmm. played by Nick Santos. He's in Superstore. I think, I don't know if you've seen that show. I haven't seen it. It's fine. He's in it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. He's just in that. And I love him. He's funny. Um, so yeah, they, we just get a little moment with the three of them and you can tell that they hit it off immediately. They, they just yeah. like are fast friends. Um, and after this, Nick and Eleanor are talking because Rachel accidentally like spilled wine on him. Uh, she's just a mess during this whole dinner. And she's just herself. She's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like poor thing. Like, like she can't help who she is and it's, you know, it's not her fault. <laughs> not at all. And everyone's just staring. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just looking at her. And, you know, this is where um, Oliver explains to her that everyone's staring and, like, being really weird because Nick is, I mean, they, they make it sound like they're royalty, which to the people they kind of are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the highest family ever. And Nick is, like, next in line to take over all of their assets and business and everything. So that's why, like, Rachel is in, like, that seat of, like, girl, if you marry this guy, like, you are going to get everything along with him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, the finance guy and the filmmaker, like, they're, like, second and third in line. So no one really cares about them, which is why they can be kind of shitty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... I think that the expectation is also like, you know, throughout the movie, we see that Nick has, even as a kid, like a young kid, he's always been the one that's expected to take over. Even mm-hmm. if the other two weren't shitty, because they are, <laughs> I think um, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's, it matters too much, but like, regardless, he's supposed to be the one. Right. Right. You know, so I, I think about this in terms of like, I don't know, like uh, Prince William and Prince Harry, <laughs> mm-hmm. like from the royal, because you know everyone knows that Prince William is like the closest besides the They're queen's dead. son, bro. Mm-hmm. That guy's old and he's still not king. <laughs> anyway, but like William would be the next in line, right? Yeah. And so everybody was like, "Oh, he's gonna be married." He's like, "Oh," but that's why Prince Harry would, could like. I remember when I was little, I would see tabloids of him like partying and like <laughs> yeah. you know doing crazy stuff, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then my mom was like, "Oh, it's because he's like never gonna be." so people don't care so I don't know I I related that to Nick's position I guess in this family um but yeah when Nick is changing clothes upstairs he has this conversation with his mother and I I thought it was really important that they introduced the fact that all his stuff is still there in his old room even though he hasn't been there forever 
and that his ama, his grandmother, tells the staff to take his clothes out and wash it and press it every two weeks mm-hmm. just to like, I don't know, keep his essence there or something like, I don't know. How did you feel about this? I, I was kind of like, okay, the attachment is real. Yeah. I think I, I, you know, I thought it was also like um, a form of control maybe mm. like, like, you know, like I feel like when we move out, you know, like, and um, like, your room like if your parents change your room around Mm -hmm. or they're like we're going to use it for this now since you're not living with us Mm -hmm. like that idea that like oh well you know they're fine or like like um they're using my room for something else or I I come home and I don't really have a space anymore because I'm not really there anymore you know like that idea like I don't really live there anymore Mm -hmm. so I felt like even though they have like millions of other rooms that you could use probably I think that idea of like everything is the same because we're waiting for you to come here so it's like that attachment and that like love, obviously, that they have for him. But it's also kind of like a reminder of like mm-hmm. the expectations that they have of him. I kind of saw it in in that way. I, I just thought from like the perspective of the grandma, because she is a matriarch, you know, and yeah. everyone kind of like respects her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what she says goes. And um, I thought like from her perspective, that may be why. And also probably because she loves him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean... Going back to the fact that all his stuff is still there, we find out that Nick was supposed to come home to Singapore last year permanently. And he was like, uh, no. <laughs> and he didn't go back because he just doesn't feel ready to take over this giant, I don't know, what's the word for it? Corporation? Uh, yeah, this just like giant business, which makes total sense. Like, I don't understand how people are so casual about like, oh yeah, I'm taking over my dad's entire career. And I'm like... <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, and I, I think it also was, um, it wasn't also because he met Rachel within that year. Yeah. Um, which I think that's what it puts her in like this like awkward position. Um, because I think like, she's like, I didn't even know. So I think what you're saying is completely true. Like he wasn't ready, but in everyone else's perspective, it's because also you know, or in, in everyone else's perspective, it's because of her, not yeah, because he wasn't it's ready. her fault. <laughs> yeah, because he's expected to be ready, even mm-hmm. if internally he doesn't feel that way. Totally, totally. Uh, um, oh, something that surprised me that I was like, what? I thought that this party they were having was for like Nick and him coming home and all that. It's for some flowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did yeah I didn't know what you're right I didn't realize it until after when um they were like you know going through the flower scene I was like oh (laughs) yeah I was like bruh they would they would throw a giant like party for some flowers like granted I don't know if this is like a cultural significant thing so that totally could be it but from what I perceived and like even Rachel's reaction she was like what the hell (laughs) okay I guess we're here celebrating some flowers but if it is a cultural thing please check me because I am not sure um so yeah and then after the the flowers bloom or whatever um Rachel finally meets Ama in person and you know Rachel whips out I believe her Mandarin to like talk to Ama Cantonese is Cantonese Uh, yeah or because I know they speak Cantonese. Yeah. Chinese. She like memorized these phrases to say yeah. perfectly to Ama. Um, and she kills it. And Ama is 
you know, she seems very charmed by Rachel. So we, you know, we're like, okay. I, I looked at um, Eleanor's face and she is not happy because clearly since Ama is taking kindly to Rachel, whatever her opinion is, doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Like if Ama likes Rachel, that's, that's it. And if Eleanor doesn't like her, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I loved Ama in this moment. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet. Like finally. Um, I know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes and then after this we get to the part where it's the bachelor and bachelorette party mm. um uh, chaos <laughs> in my eyes um so yeah so the bride is hosting her bachelorette party at a resort that she owns mm-hmm. naturally um and uh the guys don't really know where they're going at first but uh, did you write down the name of the really annoying cousin Yes, um, Bernard Ty. Bernard, but his first name is Bernard. <laughs> yeah, is, is okay. it the one you're talking about? The one that's hosting it, the one with the glasses and the like. Yeah, medium hair. <laughs> yeah, Bernard. So Bernard is like the annoying cousin that was part of the groomsmen, just because like I'm pretty sure they forced him to have him as part of his groomsmen. Um, yeah, he's definitely like the chambelan that like your your aunt just like forced you to put in there. Um, and he plans the the, the bachelor party on like a shipping container ship what do you call that <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. go a massive party that's what you call it <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you could just see these like you know dripping in luxury and money and you know this was expected but um you know colin doesn't really seem to be into this party yeah, uh, you know thing. i He's know <laughs> so laid back that um i feel so bad for him he's kind of like oh <laughs> Poor thing. I, I mean, I also, I'm like, dude, you should have just said, no, you're not hosting it. Like, yeah. even Nick is like, you let him host your party. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Just like, let him take over. Um, but yeah, eventually, you know, Colin and Nick get off of the shipping container place because Nick has his pilot's license and could freaking fly the helicopter. Okay. Uh, casual. No, I love I love how he's like, yeah, I guess it came in handy. I'm like, dude, (laughs) like it's so easy to get one. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, Yeah, so we, you know, Colin and Nick are by themselves. And then this is with another scene where, you know, Rachel's trying to, you know, enjoy the bachelorette party as much as she can. She meets this girl named Amanda, who is a lawyer, an attorney for um, Nick's father's business, his corporation. And they're, they're like getting massages or whatever. And they're, you know, talking and I don't know. I feel like this switch flips in Amanda. Cause she was being, you know, very courteous, very kind. And then she basically is like, well, you know, I, I, I don't know how you handle all this pressure or whatever. Um, because apparently Amanda had been the favorite to marry Nick at one point. Uh, I'm assuming this is before he left for New York. I think so too. And can I just say like, she keeps talking and Rachel is like quiet and mm-hmm. it's just like, sometimes it's just like, don't you know when to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I 
like and she just is like digging and digging i her character i i understand completely the purpose of it i think that's kind of where they start turning against um you know rachel to kind of push her away from mm-hmm. nick but <laughs> I, if i had when i was watching it i was like girl like okay you made her feel bad already like why do you have to keep going and she's yeah. just the only one talking and rachel's not like responding at all mm-hmm. no and she gets so upset because of, you know, what she said and you can hear all the other girls gossiping about her and saying all these awful things. So like this scene where they're saying all these horrible things about her, the, you know, Colin and Nick are on this little like island by themselves. And Nick tells Colin that he's thinking about proposing to Rachel, that he's ready to get married. And I don't know. I feel like we go back to the part that like Nick hasn't really prepared Rachel for this life. And you know what? I love Colin for that. I think he's not mean. He's really nice. And he kind of is like open and honest. I feel like as a best friend, that's kind of what you need. Because I feel like at this point, no one has really been honest with Nick. Mm-hmm. And um, also like, I don't, he's kind of like blind to the situation and to what's happening. Yeah. Even though his like mom, his mom, for example, is so like, like, I don't like her. She's not the one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of ignores that. And so I really like Colin in this because I feel like he's the first one that really is like, is she prepared for it? Right. Like, you know, you're you. You're always going to be you. But what mm-hmm. about her? Um, so he's not like pushing him against it, but he's just kind of like, you need to analyze what's going to happen. Right. I totally agree with you, with what you said. I think it's important that Colin's like, Bruh. like, I'm happy for you that you're so in love and that you want to marry her. But like, is this the right thing for Rachel? Like, yes, yeah. you might want her to be with you and be happily ever after, but is she going to be happy? Like, she's yeah. probably going to really be struggling and like not having a good time. You know, right after this, you know, Rachel's all upset and she's leaving the spa and she runs into Astrid, who's like getting there late, fashionably, fashionably late and looking <laughs> fabulous. Um, and, you know, she's trying to comfort Rachel and they go back to her room or whatever. And these bitches put a dead fish like a gutted fish on her bed Ugh. I don't think I've ever disliked someone enough to even want to think about like cutting a fish open <laughs> like what like come on <laughs> no it was gross and then they I forgot what they wrote but like on top they wrote like um I don't know like eat this or whatever it, I think it said, catch this, you gold digging beep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but. Oh, you can. <laughs> gold digging bitch. <laughs> yeah. So aggressive. And yeah, I mean, Rachel later on uh, describes them as like serial killer letters. And I couldn't agree more. I was like, yeah, yes. that looks like they want to off you, like just kill you. Yeah. It looks so scary. Um, but Rachel, she's like, okay, this happened. I'm not going to make a scene. I'm not going to give them what they want. I'm just going to you know, chill out and <laughs> get this fish back into the sand. Or I don't know, they like buried it. Her and Astrid bury the fish. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to give her props because I feel like I wouldn't make a scene either, but I would definitely call someone to be like, hey, can you remove this from my oh, room? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You totally could have. Yeah, but props to them for taking it on um, yeah. themselves. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so Astrid and Rachel go out to the beach. It's nighttime at this point. And... Um, there's this line where, I don't know, Rachel's like, I don't understand how the bride could have friends that are so mean and vicious, considering mm-hmm. she's so kind. Mm-hmm. And Astrid's like, oh, well, when you've known people all your life, you tend to make excuses for them. 
And I think that directly ties into Nick and maybe why he's, you know, not as quick to like defend Rachel all the time. Cause you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's his family and maybe he feels a little more like, Oh, well, ooh, that's just, just how she is kind of. And I think also like, you know, with Nick, um, like for example, his mom here is like the one that's really giving Rachel a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for him, like, you know, regardless of how Eleanor is um, Mm -hmm. towards Rachel, she's done so much and sacrificed so much for her family and for Nick that Mm -hmm. I I think you're right. Like that definitely ties in um, to him as well and why he's not so quick to jump, you Mm -hmm. know, and defend Rachel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then Astrid also, you know, tells Rachel that her husband is cheating on her. And I think it's an important moment because, I mean, she feels so, I guess, safe in Rachel's presence that she can tell her something like this. And she knows that Rachel isn't the one to be like spreading it or, you know, doing anything like that. So I think it's really important that someone so important to Nick in, you know, family wise and relationship wise can trust each other that way. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I really like that scene, but I, uh, my heart breaks for Astrid because I'm just like, oh, this sucks. I know. She's so sad. Mm-hmm. And, and I also give her props too, because, you know, she's like holding it together. It seems like she's holding it together so well. Um, so I'm glad that she has someone to confide in because it must be hard within like that, you know, society and that, um, you know, family to really mm-hmm. be honest about what's happening. Totally. Um, yeah. And so after the trip, I like this because Rachel doesn't, there's no bullshit. She's like, Nick, this happened to me. It's messed up and you need to fix this because I'm mad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that she wasn't trying. I know there's some things that she's like, when she's like, oh, you know, I don't know how to tell Nick, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I feel like I, I, yeah, I think I love that she doesn't try to hide it or try to fix things on her own. She's just like, Hey, like, you know, this is what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, And, you know, they, again, their relationship seems pretty strong to the point where they can get like mad and he's like, okay, sure, let's try to fix this. Um, But they have to go make dumplings first with the family because it's like a tradition, which I think is so cool. But, you know, they are trying to keep these traditions alive by passing it on. Um, And this is when, you know, everyone's at the table and Rachel mentions Eleanor's ring, her green mm-hmm. emerald ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sa- Eleanor says that her husband had it made for her when he planned to propose to her. Um, but I, you could tell something was off. Because once Rachel points it out, like the whole table kind of goes like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, for the most part, she's, you know, fitting in pretty well. They're, you know, have cute banter. She, you know, enjoys being in that, like, large family setting, considering, you know, she grew up with just her her mother. Um, but, you know, once everybody... Well, no, not... People don't leave. Ama comes in to the room, which is what, like, breaks up this initial scene. Um, and Ama, again, seems to just really like Rachel and Eleanor is very jealous because Ama is always telling Eleanor that she's messing up and mm-hmm. that she's, you know. I think this is a good um, uh, look into like, you know, the relationship that, or like a reflection 
of like the relationship that um, Eleanor has with Amon, um, you know, and how that reflects upon her relationship with Rachel. Like, um, and it's so weird to me because it's like if you weren't accepted and you weren't, you know, welcomed or like, you know, you're always like getting an earful from Amon about things, wouldn't you want to not do the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> to someone to you know to some to the person that's going to be marrying your son mm-hmm. um so I I thought um you know that was that because that was the first time we really saw how Amma treats Eleanor mm-hmm. you know or what um not it's not disapproval because I think um you know she's been accepted into the family but but it's not like the smoothest relationship mm-hmm. between uh, the two like you know um like leaders in the family totally totally um yeah, once everybody leaves, uh, um, uh, Eleanor goes up to Rachel and is like, oh, you, you mentioned my ring at the table. Um, and she tells the truth. She says, well, actually, it was made for me because traditionally, in order to propose, you get your family ring. So the, mm-hmm. the ring that your mother has, you, you get that ring and then propose. But Amma was not, you know, didn't want Eleanor in the family. So she <laughs> didn't give her, the, give her son the ring, which I'm like, that is so petty. But sure, girl. Um, and I don't know, going back to like what you were saying about like, wouldn't Eleanor be, you know, more welcoming to Rachel considering what she went through. I thought this was what going to be that moment because she's like, you know, yeah, like I wasn't accepted in the ring or whatever, but then she like flips the switch and is like, and that's how I know that you don't belong here. I was like, uh, I'm annoyed. (laughs) mm, It's it's so sad. And girl, could you, I, I don't think I could ever be, um, you know, I pride myself in thinking I'm, you know, in, in trying to be a kind of person. I feel like even if I felt that way about someone, I would never like, you know, say it, or I would do my best to like, you know, not feel that way. I don't know. I just, that's so mean. And the way that she like, you know, it's a great scene because she like approaches her and then like, you know, they're leveled at first. And then she like approaches Rachel and then Rachel has to like step down like on the stairs. And now Eleanor's like over her. Um, and I just like, ugh, that, that, that was so sad. And you could see that in that moment, Rachel was like heartbroken. Yeah. Um, devastated. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after this, Rachel rants to Peck Ling and is like, girl, this is happening and I don't know how to tell Nick. And so I was like, oh, okay, yes, we're we're going into the Rachel suffer in silence time where she's yeah. not going to tell Nick that yeah. Eleanor said that, which I was like, oh, girl, I would have gone straight to Nick and been like, bruh, your mom just said this to me. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so she doesn't. But Peck Ling is like, no, the one that's in charge of the decisions is Amma. And you're clearly in her good graces right now. So you just got to make sure that Amma likes you and Eleanor won't be able to beat that. So you got to step up. And this is my favorite part of pretty much any romantic comedy. We get the makeover montage with like the dresses and everything. She's getting ready for the wedding. Yeah. Um, It's, I believe it's Madonna's material girl, but it's translated, right? Yeah. Um, and Oliver ends up helping them out with the clothing that she's going to try out. I love, I love this scene. And I, like, like you said, like, I feel like in romantic comedies, um, every time they do like this montage of like clothing in the closet, I'm always like, I just want to do that with my friends. Yeah. 
and make a video. <laughs> it's just so, it's so fun. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. Like a little bit before that, um, you know, before they go into that, um, Picklin and um, Rachel are talking about how like, you know, I'm not a chicken. Like, you know, I'm not scared. And then they have like this like bok bok bitch <laughs> like <laughs> moment that I thought was so funny. Like, so it's mm-hmm. like they're preparing her to like not be a chicken and like, you know, mm-hmm. um, not be scared. And so like this montage is just like, just getting her ready to be like fierce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. And they do end up picking out this gorgeous blue, like Cinderella dress. And she's, she shows up to the wedding looking fierce. And I, I do believe, you know, Paiklin's little speech got to her because she walks in like she owns the place. And as she even runs into Amanda and literally tells her to move the fuck out of the way. She's like, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And you can oh, see yeah. like these people are not used to that because it's not like she said anything like crazy. She's just like, move, you're in my way. Mm-hmm. And she was so offended and like, yeah. what? Like she couldn't believe it. And it's like, yeah, girl. <laughs> <Move>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah know your place well no not that she was just being an asshole so I, I, I like that we had this cathartic moment of I mean it was so little but she was really standing up for herself but yeah yeah, uh, yeah it was very subtle but impacted Amanda very much um oh my god and then we go back to Astrid and her crumbling marriage and she you know tells her husband it's just a horrible timing because they're on their way to the wedding right and she's like confronts him about knowing about the affair and the audacity he like tries to flip it on her right and be like well it's your fault that I cheated I was like oh yeah, he's like I'm not the only one or I, I don't know what he says but he's just or sorry I'm no, like, go ahead. <laughs> my thoughts are because they have this conversation another time in the movie but just the idea that he Oh, she says, like, you do, let's not, like, you know, I know, let's talk about it later. Let's not cause this scene. And he, like, wants her to cause this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt like it's just, like, he, you know, he's like, yeah, I wish you would, like, you know, like, act like it matters. Like, I cheat and you don't care. And she's like, I do care. And then he's like, nothing I do matters. And, you know, yeah. they go into this whole spiel. Um, but I just felt like he, it almost felt like he was purposely, you know, like, doing things to, like, for the marriage not to work. Because yeah. he just didn't, he just didn't feel um, like good enough, and yeah. then like you know that's on him, that's not on her. Um, so yeah, it's that's so sad, and you know he just leaves her. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he was so dramatic. He was like a child. He like leaves the car they were going in and just like walks off, and you know she has to go to this wedding by herself. Um, but that would look bad, so she ends up asking a ma to come with her. Which is a power move, in my opinion. She brought, like, the matriarch as her yeah. escort. So I was like, okay, girl. Yeah, and that's so, that's so smart. Because they say that Amon never goes to things like that. They, like, someone says that. Um, that's um, already there. Um, and so I, you know, and then Amon, like, Astrid thanks her as they're walking in. And Amon is like, um, like, oh, family doesn't say thank you. And just, like, mm-hmm. you know that's something beautiful maybe like you know about their family and just in general like we're there for each other when Mm -hmm. you know um we are you know when we're needed and so I thought that was really sweet like like you know like oh of course I would do this Mm -hmm. um you know because you're my family yeah Um, I thought that yeah I I like that a lot too I totally agree it really showed that yeah even within all this chaos 
they're like the family unit is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we finally get to like the wedding scene inside the church and we find out it's like a $40 million wedding. <laughs> uh, um, and the, I believe it's the mother of the husband, the mother of the groom that's in the front row all by herself. Oh, um, Princess Intarn, I think that, that was her name. Was she Intarn. royalty, actually, or is that her name? I'm not sure. My little sister said the same thing. She's like, she's not a princess. And I'm like, they just called her Princess Intarn. I so I don't know. Right. Um, so I don't think she was um, a family to anyone because everyone was kind of like, you know, when the aunties are talking about her, they're like, oh, vicious woman, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. no one's like really surrounding her. Yeah. Um, so I don't think she, uh, I think she might be a princess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause it, it was this, yeah, this aura about her. I was like, well, she's important. Um, yeah. but yeah. So the aunties, when Rachel walks in her fabulous dress, Eleanor is like, you can't sit with us <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, and Rachel is like, oh shit. Like, where am I going to sit? Like, I don't know anybody. It's so awkward. And <laughs> they had just been talking about the fact that, um, this princess, wanted the row to herself and Rachel <laughs> sits down like right next to her and I was ready for disaster I was like oh god she's gonna get like pulled away by guards or something um but no uh Rachel is like genuinely knows about her and her history in academia yeah and like all this stuff and you know quickly charms her and they start having a real conversation and all the aunties are not happy. They're like, yeah. Dang. I feel like that was a huge FU to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, like, they, I think they expected her. And even honestly, like, you know, as the scene goes on, um, Nick is like, oh, she's probably hanging out somewhere in the back, just being mm-hmm. low key. So mm-hmm. I think he even expects her not to, like, you know, call for that much attention or anything like that. So <laughs> yep. I love that. Like, she was just like, you know, I'm like, you know, it just showed that she could belong and with without doing anything too much just with being herself because she's just talking to um princess what is it in ton about Mm -hmm. like economics which you know is what she teaches yeah so I love that um yeah and so this is the most elaborate wedding scene I have ever seen in my life I think this is a scene that I didn't forget like when I when again when you asked me about it like this was like the scene that I was like oh like, you know, it just, attra- it just attracted me. I think it's so beautiful. I, I shed a few tears. It's so like, emotional. I, I, girl, beautiful. Like, yeah, emotional. Like everything about it, I was just like, oh my God, this wedding scene was yeah. incredible. Yeah. You, y'all should watch it even if it's just for this one scene, because it's yeah. indescribable. It's just elaborate and beautiful and, um, a gorgeous song, uh, can't help falling in love with you by Elvis Presley is playing in the back. Yeah. And there's these just like little quick switches for the camera, like on Nick and then on Rachel and on Nick and back and forth. And they're just so in love. And like, it's not even their wedding. And they're like (laughs) all up in their feelings. Yeah. And you mentioned the song, like, I think, you know, you know, every, the, you know, the creators of this movie, the director, they, they timed it so perfectly because yes, like it's like the bride and the groom are there and like the river is like flowing, you know, towards the altar, but Nick is also at the altar. And like mm-hmm. in the song, it's like, you know, like, like the river flows straight into the sea or something like that. And it's like, 
um, they shows the bride, but it also shows the uh, people like if you're listening, like there's a river. <laughs> That's how you know it's like this wedding scene is like beautiful, but it's flowing. And so it pans from like, like you said, like to Rachel, from Rachel to Nick and like how they belong together and like just the timing of the lyrics of the song and um, how they like filmed it. I just, it was beautiful. And yeah, it showed like how in love they were. And mm-hmm. Eleanor saw that and she was like, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, she's not feeling it. Mm-mm. Um, but the scene ends very abruptly, but I liked it. It takes you to a next scene very quickly. And their wedding is like 20s theme. And it's just, yes, again, so <laughs> yes, elaborate, huge. Um, and there's this scene where um, Auntie Eleanor tells Oliver to quote unquote, take care of Alistair's girlfriend, the one with the big ponytail, because they're yeah. just being really extra. And like, you know, Eleanor's not about that. And I remember Oliver tells her to, you know, if she wants a wedding as big as this one, she shouldn't be focusing on Alistair. She should go with, um, what's his name? Uh, Bernard. Uh, Bernard, the annoying <laughs> cousin. Uh. And yeah, she does. And they apparently had a very good time. Uh, but I just thought that was interesting in terms of Eleanor's influence and how she, if she doesn't like something, mm-hmm. she's like, okay, we got to cut her out somehow. Yeah. And it's also because <laughs> when I watched that, my co- I made a comment and I was like, it's not even her wedding. Like, because they're just guests, you know, Colin is like a family friend. So just as wealthy, but a family friend. And so is Armenta. Um, his new wife um, so in my yeah like you bring that up in my I, like I'm in my head and when I was watching it I was like it's not even her wedding like why did like let them if they're like being extra let them be extra mm-hmm. and then like right away I was like oh but it's her family yeah. you know so regardless of where they are like her control and her um, you know image and like the family image and again that's I think that's a theme that reoccurs throughout the whole film mm-hmm. like um, family and how they're perceived and also like how elders have control over like you know their children and um what like you know how they should act um so I I think it's so small but it it just tells us more about um who they are as a family and what they find um important Mm -hmm. completely and we can see this even more blatantly and clearly when you know Rachel and Nick are having a great time at this wedding and then all of a sudden someone comes up to them and is like hey um Ama wants to talk to you and uh (laughs) everything hits the ceiling because basically we find out that I believe Eleanor conducted an investigation on Rachel which was mentioned at the very beginning of the film but I never thought that she would actually do that yeah I think and it, what it seemed like to me was like, you know, when she saw in the wedding that they were like looking at each other and like so in love, like she was like, oh, I need to bring out what the PI found. Like, I right. think like, I don't, I, I felt like it wasn't in her plans until she saw that, um, that she was like, oh, okay, this is more serious than, you know, than I thought. Um, and yeah, it, also this made me turn on a mock. Because oh, I really like her. <laughs> I did too. Okay. I didn't expect to ha- that to happen. Yeah, me either. Because, okay, yes. So they get taken to this like random corner of the party where it's quiet. And Eleanor's like, we found out all this stuff about Rachel. She's a big liar. And, you know, she's fake. And her 
it was that Rachel's mom had her through an affair Mm -hmm. before she immigrated to the United States. Um, And my first thought was, why would she do this at the wedding? (laughs) Like, (laughs) She could have done this the day after or something, but no, of course it needs to be cinematic and dramatic. So I get it. I was like, dang, she's in her cute dress and she was just feeling herself and she's just like destroyed in seconds. Um, yeah. And what you said, Ama is like, Rachel, love you girl, but I can't have you in this family. <laughs> Just like, you're very smart. And you think that, you know, there's going to be something, because again, I didn't remember all of the movie. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so like, I was like, oh, like, you know, they're going to do something nice. And like, Eleanor is like standing there, um, you know, so she's going to be, you know, even if she doesn't like it, she's going to have to kind of accept it because Ama does when she called when Ama says like you're really smart mm-hmm. and then she like turns it on her and like yeah. you said she's like but you can't be part of our family because uh. of your I think she says like because of your ambition kind mm-hmm. of also calling her a gold digger yeah. why because her mom had her through an affair like I just like mm-hmm. it makes sense within the movie but also mm-hmm. like you know us analyzing it I'm like oh, you guys are so mean <laughs> yeah totally just like guys just because she because okay because she was poor, right? But now she's a professor. Like, she's clearly, you know, not living paycheck to paycheck. So I was like, okay, y'all need to chill. But anyway, yeah, Ama is like, you can't be part of this family. And Rachel has her, like, dramatic running out of the wedding. And Nick's chasing after her, but he doesn't catch up to her. And she shows up <laughs> to Paikling's house. Yeah, barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> But I like this because it made sense. She didn't do the thing of like running into a random alley and just falling and crying. And no, she did the smart thing and went to her friend's house. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's she just goes into full depression mode. She stops eating, and um, she just like lays around all the all day. And you could see that Nick is like constantly trying to get a hold of her, but she just isn't picking up the phone anymore. Yeah. Um, and eventually Paikling comes in and says that, you know, someone's there to see her and she assumes it's Nick, but it's actually her mom. I know. That's so cute. <laughs> I, I love that because she just falls into her mom's arms and it's just yeah. like a salvation. <laughs> and I love, um, I think again, like in, you know, in like true fashion of like, Rachel's character she's not mad at her mom she Mm -hmm. doesn't blame her for like you know the things that she just found out um and I love that I love that you know like you said like when she sees her mom it is like she's like a kid again and she's just happy to see her and it it seems like everything's going to be okay you know everything's going to be fine because she's here now um and so I, I you know she does ask her about it you know like what the reasons were behind it and um and things but like, I just love that she doesn't blame her. And, you know, even if this information may have hurt her in other aspects of her life, she knows that it's not her fault and it isn't. And, you know, and the mom is not a bad person either. She did what she had to do. Yeah, because apparently she was in a very abusive relationship with her husband and mm-hmm. she, um, you know, sought help from an old schoolmate and they ended up falling in love. And that's how Rachel, you know, came to be. But Rachel's mom was so afraid of her husband hurting her to the point where she was like fearful for her life, which is mm-hmm. why she immigrated to the United States. So yeah, I, again, what you said, I'm so glad that you know, Rachel 
doesn't blame her or anything. Because at the end of the day, she did everything in her power to give Rachel a good life. Mm-hmm. So she would have no reason to. And I feel like that would ruin the Rachel character if they would have mm-hmm. been like, mom, why did you do this? You were in my life. Yeah. Like it just wouldn't have fit her character. Um, but yeah, as Rachel is like, okay, let's go home. Like, I, I don't want to be here anymore. Like it's over. And you know, her mom's so supportive of that, but she's also like, okay, but you should know that I'm here because Nick brought me here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, Nick, he came in so clutch. And it just shows his character as well. That he yeah. knew that's what she needed. Yeah. And it's so funny because uh, at least for me, I, I I didn't think it was Nick. I think when um, uh, Rachel's mom walked in, I thought um, Aquafina had called her. Yeah, same. Or, or Piglin, sorry. Um, I thought she had called her. So when she said Nick called me, I was like, oh, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was so good of him. Um, and then after this, we get a very short scene that I thought felt out of place, but it makes sense later on. So Rachel and Nick meet up after this moment and he basically tells her, you know, everything that went down, like I've seen who my family really is. And like, I want us to be married and I'll leave everything behind. Like we can go to New York and like, let's get married or whatever. And it cuts right after that. So I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was just so confused because she doesn't yeah. say yes or no. Um, but eventually we see this scene where Eleanor and Rachel meet up. What game are they playing? I wrote it down. I don't know if I can pronounce it. It's Mahjong. Yeah. Okay. Mahjong. So I wrote it down too, but I wasn't sure if that was correct. It's Mahjong. Okay, and yeah. yeah. And they're playing this game. It, it looks, I, I didn't do much research on the game, but it's like strategy and like all this stuff. You know, I, I, I didn't either. And I was like, should I look it up? And I'm like, Am I really gonna understand? Right, right. <laughs> Am I really gonna understand it? Probably not. I just connected it back to um, you know the the second scene in the movie where Rachel's playing poker, like mm-hmm. in her in her class. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, okay, it's some type of strategic game where like you know you want to have like a poker face and not let your opponent know um, mm-hmm. you know what's happening and what pieces you have. So that's kind of what I connected it to, and I was like, ah, that's enough knowledge. <laughs> no, true, true. Um, yeah, and basically during this game, Rachel is explaining to Eleanor that, you know, all this stuff went down and Eleanor's like, yes, it went down because you're different and you just don't fit in here. Like, And I feel like she's kind of trying to play it off as like no hard feelings, right? But like, we just can't have you here. Um, and this is when Rachel reveals to her that Nick already proposed to her. Like, you may think that, you know, all this, but like, he already proposed to me, but she reveals that she denied the proposal because of what he had said. She didn't want him to leave everything behind. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was, I mean, truly the most mature decision I've ever seen in a romantic comedy, because I was like, yeah, she, she didn't want him to a lose his family and be like, hate his mom for Mm -hmm. kind of forcing him to make that decision right yeah and I think that's what Rachel says like you know Eleanor made it so that no one was winning like you know because yeah Eleanor was like well no hard feelings you know like everything you know he stays here you go there like Mm -hmm. like you guys it's what's best for you guys I kind of she didn't say that but it just felt like that's what she wanted it to be right and Rachel was like no like you know you made it so that um 
no one, you know, it's not a happy situation for anyone, mm-hmm. but you're not at fault for it. I had to make the decision because yep. she was the one that had to reject the proposal. Yep. She's <laughs> like, I just want you to know that whatever life you lead from now on, it's because of me. Yeah. Ugh. and she just leaves and she leaves with her mom and I love her mom because she looks back like that's right (laughs) yeah and I don't know what this I I I don't know what it what it's supposed to signify but Mm -hmm. you know when um Carrie Rachel's mom turns Mm -hmm. around and Eleanor looks at her they Mm -hmm. like nod at each other yeah I don't know why they nodded. I or like I don't know if it's like the and maybe that was what we're supposed to see. Like Eleanor be like, "Oh, I understand," mm-hmm. kind of movement because you know what happens after. I'm not sure, but um, I just thought that was interesting that they nodded at each other. Like they both understood. Yeah, and you know, and Rachel's mom was kind of like, you know, that's my daughter. Like yeah. you better understand who my daughter is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. I, I definitely think there's a motherhood theme there. I don't know exactly how to analyze it. Girl, but, we're not mothers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, thank God. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know there's a motherhood theme there somewhere because of, you know, the, the different classes and like their own struggles. There's something there, but I think you guys got to watch it for yourself and dissect that because I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then after this, um, I believe at this point, the song Yellow starts to play. Maybe. <laughs> Okay, I think I, I'm so. Gonna, yes, I yes, I think you're right. <laughs> okay, it's just it's such a beautiful song, and I think it fits perfectly because it's 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 happy. Everything going on right now is happy, kind of bittersweet because Rachel's like you know leaving, but we cut to the scene with Astrid and her husband again, like the final time we see them together, and you know he's packing up all his stuff, and Astrid is basically like, you know what? No, you stay here. I'm leaving with my kid. And we'll figure out when you see him, when he's ready to see you. And I, I was like, just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's packing up his stuff. Like, he's still trying to be, like, a good person or, like, right. I'll give you the house. Or he's trying not mm-hmm. to be the one to blame. And it's like, no, you're the one to blame. Astrid mm-hmm. doesn't need you. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> yes. It's just, she sticks it to him. He, he, he's still, at the end, trying to blame her for their divorce. And... She's basically like, no, I'm amazing and I'm not going to let you like dim my light because she starts saying that she tried to make him feel more comfortable by, you know, making herself seem less than what she is. You know, she would turn down jobs and and all these things that were available to her to make him feel like he was more important, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she, what's the line? She's basically like, it's not her job to make him feel like a man. Yeah. She says, um, I wrote it down because I was like, yes, like, mm. like, you know, um, I feel like, uh, it's so important when she, she says he's a, that he's a coward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not his job to make him feel like a man because she can't make him, um, something that he never was. Uh, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. So good. And she struts out wearing her earrings, her yeah, million dollar earrings. earrings. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. And during this scene, we also see Eleanor talking to Nick. Like Eleanor goes to visit him. Mm-hmm. Could, I mean, there's no dialogue. I'm pretty sure I read that there was a big scene between them, but it got cut for time purposes. Mm. So there was a dialogue between them. 
Um, but I don't know. I feel like as a viewer, we, we can understand that they're having a conversation about him and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes back to, um, you know, Pei Kling helping Rachel pack and putting her, uh, her suitcases in the taxi. And, um, I love that Rachel and her mom are flying home coach. <laughs> It looks so miserable. Yeah. I, you know, when you mentioned that you like traveling, like, you know, I, I love flying too. Like I always feel really relaxed, mm-hmm. um, but how they like put it there. It's like, yeah, that's how it's, you know, until you get into your seat, into your seat and you're like settled in, I feel like how they showed it is exactly. <laughs> how oh it yeah. Is. Mm-hmm. Everybody trying to like push through and put their bags on top and just like, it's chaos. Um, but, you know, as they're, you know, getting into their seats, we see Nick arrived at the plane. And I was like, yes, this is the moment I've been waiting for. This is the classic waiting till the last moment to, like, say your spiel. Um, and, yeah, he, he tells her that he um, loves her and that he just, like, gives this big romantic speech, right? And all the passengers are like ruining it because he's like walking through the aisles and people are like in his way. So I think it makes it very endearing because it is, you know, that would never happen in real life. Like no way they would let that happen. But it's somehow more realistic because all the people are messing and interrupting (laughs) the speech, you know? Yeah. And he proposes again. And when he opens it, what's in there? The emerald ring. Eleanor's emerald ring. (laughs) Ah, this was perfect. Because, I mean, it just symbolized that Eleanor was like, okay, I'll give you my ring. and Because we know that Ahmad didn't give her hers, right? So it is this symbolism of like, okay, Eleanor... (laughs) I mean, at this point, I don't necessarily think it's like Eleanor loves you now. It's like Eleanor accepts you now. She'll let you in the family. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. But again, I took notes. And the <laughs> last the last word, and I like underlined it, was acceptance. You know, mm-hmm. like when she sees that ring, she, like, yeah, she understands that it's not that they love me. It's that they accept me. And I think throughout the movie, like that's a that's also a theme like accepting who you are but also others accepting you um like that respect is also Mm -hmm. you know like huge in the movie just because of the culture um and like the family traditions so uh yeah that was so significant so beautiful also um I read that it was actually Michelle Yeoh's real ring oh yeah I read that too yeah like it belonged to her in real life (laughs) Yeah, and if anyone doesn't know who Michelle Yeoh is, that's Eleanor. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. Um, she didn't like the one that they had for her. So she ended up bringing one for herself. And I was like, thank you, you fancy, fancy. Yeah, she's <laughs> in like, real life. My, yeah, because it's real. It is real. I was like, I don't even want to know how expensive that ring is. Um, but yeah, and you know, the movie, the, the, the song Yellow starts to pick up and swell after this moment. Um, and I love the lady in the back when um, Rachel's getting proposed to. She's like, girl, say yes. She says yes. <laughs> Even before yeah. Rachel can say anything. <laughs> um, yeah. And we cut to 
the fact that, well, you know, Rachel's like, oh, are we flying back to New York? And he's like, well, I actually wanted this to stay another night. And you can see that they plan like an engagement party, which is so cute. And it's just a nice closing moment where you get to see all the characters again. Well, all the characters we like again. Uh, And they're, you know, all embracing Rachel. And it's this beautiful moment. Um, And again, I love there's a part in the music where it like drops down again and it cuts to Eleanor and you can see she's there, you know, as a sign of like, I'm here, but I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I I saw that. And, you know, I think, (laughs) I think she's there to, for Rachel to see that she's there. Cause then after they look at each other, she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, again, that's not really what matters. She doesn't have to love her. She just has to accept her and respect her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why going back to that Mahjong, um, like, you know, when they're playing, that's really what it was. That's really what, um, you know, in the game, like Eleanor thinks she won because uh, Rachel gives her like this other piece, um, you know, like within the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, at the end, Rachel actually wins Mm -hmm. so it's like coming back to this like scene later on is just like you know I don't have to love you I don't love that I'm here but um just so you know like you know Mm -hmm. welcome Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm glad it ends that way because um there are going to be sequels to this film I don't know when the heck they're going to come out considering everything going on um but I'm I mean it was a box office success it made more than like 200 million dollars at the box office And I mean, I do think that it does show that you can have a cast that isn't, you know, predominantly white and make a lot of money, which is, you know, what people look for in producing films and stuff. So I think it was really, really cool that they could make this film and prove that it could make money. Yeah, I I love that. And I didn't know there was going to be sequels until this last time that I watched it. Um, And you know, maybe this time I'll read the books <laughs> before I watch <laughs> before I watch the movies. But I think you're right. Just um, seeing, like, you know, that it was a success. Um, you know, not only in the box office, like, because that's you know usually like people pay to go see it, right? But also like um, like the reviews and you know the feedback that they received from it. And um, you know, like I always, I, I don't know, I, everyone does this, but I love like looking at Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, and so I feel like whenever you know. Um, it's not rotten. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you know, that, I feel like that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on there, they, they have like great reviews. They, you know, they have them listed as like one of the top um, romantic comedies. So um, just in general, yeah, like I, it, that makes me happy and it makes me excited, uh, you know, to hopefully see more um, diverse casting yeah. um, in romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I, I'm so excited that this movie did well and that, I think it's very telling that people are going to, I mean, step it up in terms of trying to, you know, diversify these films. Yeah. Uh, And like, and like we were talking at the, at the beginning, you know, um, they definitely, you know, could have made some changes to be even more inclusive. So we definitely mm -hmm. don't want to like negate that, Mm -hmm. but hopefully that's something that they kind of focus on in the next movies. Yeah. True. 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 I didn't even think about that the fact that they did receive that criticism gives them the opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, bring more um, diversity. Ah, yeah, I'm excited to see the sequels. I can't wait. 
Do you have any other final thoughts about the film? Girl, I think, I mean, I talk a lot. So I, <laughs> I, feel, like I, I feel like at this point I've said um, as much as I can. I, I recommend and everyone watching the movie if you haven't. Um, and yeah, it, it, this was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm glad you had fun, Jess. I, I am so glad that I could get you on this episode. This podcast has been just my joy during this time to you know get back in touch with people but also you know have real conversations about what happens in these films because I feel like a lot of the time these types of movies aren't seen as something you can really analyze and focus on as compared to like I don't know if you watch uh I don't know Titanic or something you know (laughs) uh so I'm glad we could have this conversation and um I'll talk to you soon okay Jess Okay. Thank, thank you, you so, so much for being here. For you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Would Never Happen. Please be sure to follow our Instagram at That Would Never Happen. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify and look out for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Stay safe. Wear a mask. I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.